Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. I'm thinking a lot right now about our topic this month. This is April of 2018. I'm looking out the window and it's a beautiful spring day in Huntsville, Alabama. The yard has greened up and the blueberries are just beginning to bloom and so we are going to have blueberries this summer. It is a great day to get into God's Word, especially if you can get somewhere outside or in front of a window. And today I'm thinking a lot about our faith challenges from our study of Great Escapes. This month is escaping by faith, just doing what God says in the way He prescribes. No matter if it makes sense to me or not, or if I can see the desired outcome, it's about just obeying without question what is clearly taught in the Word of God. That is the Holy Spirit's message for us and all of His direction is there in the Word. And if we will just do it, our lives will be blessed. Right today, I've been thinking a lot about marriage in regard to this for a couple of reasons. One is that I've been working very closely in recent days with a couple of marriages that have tragically met their demise because of sin in one or both of the partners of those marriages. I have a hard time even spitting that out because it's just so very difficult to come to the point in a counseling situation when you understand that there really is not hope for a marriage. And it it burdens, of course, it is tragic for those who are involved and the children who are involved, but it is a burden to be borne by Glenn and me, when we are doing our very best, but because of sin, we cannot salvage what God intended to be a lifetime union, a lifetime commitment. So as I think about our faith and just doing what God says in the way he prescribes it, it does not apply anywhere any better than it does in marriage in the 21st century in America because the world is shouting out to us that adultery is healthy for your marriage, that it is necessary that women work outside the home and that it is, and sometimes I know, sometimes I know it is, I'm going to put that in parentheses, sometimes I know it because of, usually because of some bad choices in the past, but sometimes because of choices that other people have made or unfortunate circumstances that just occur because we live in a fallen world. I I think about the fact that our culture though expects this as, as a routine. And because of the massive exodus of women from the home and into the workplace as just an expected part of our society. When I think about that, I also think about the great temptations that have come along with that for which we as God's women have largely been unprepared. The temptation to start by drinking the culture's Kool-Aid, which would tell us that women and men's roles are equal, that there's no difference in their roles in the home, that when women are in the workplace, it is just the much just as much the responsibility of men to be the domestic, to take care of the household matters, the cleaning, the children, the the routine that 
we usually associate with being a keeper at home and just on a lot of fronts our homes are being attacked by the present culture so i just want to talk just for a minute about faith and marriage and i want to preface this by saying that sometimes it's easy for us to forget the first commitment that we have made as christian women you see when if we were christians at the time we walked down that aisle or made those vows in front of a group of people whether it was in a church building or an office of the justice of the peace or perhaps it lots of times lately it's out in front of a barn in cornfield somewhere or a hayfield and uh, those casual celebrations are beautiful they're beautiful no matter where those vows are made if the vows are made with god's sanctioning but sometimes we are tempted to think about those vows and really even to take those vows that we make to one another lightly but while forgetting and we will take them lightly if we forget the prior commitment when we make our vows to one another in marriage if we are christians that is the secondary vow we have already made a vow to jesus christ to love to honor and to obey him and we are already married as a part of the bride of christ to our savior jesus christ have you ever thought about the fact that if you are a christian and you're married in a fleshly relationship here on this earth that you have two husbands you're married to god himself you are a part of the bride of christ first and foremost and then you are married to that man to whom you will probably bear children to whom you will submit if you're a godly woman throughout this lifetime so the prior commitment is your marriage to jesus christ whenever you said those vows in that dimly lit room with those candles in front of those witnesses you were making a secondary vow and your primary vow if you were a christian was that you were married to jesus christ having promised when you went down in the watery grave of baptism as we call it to love honor and obey your lord the greatest command thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart soul strength and sometimes it's mind sometimes it's might but with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, we are committed, first of all, primarily to that husband, Jesus Christ. And that's why we are told then to love our husbands, Titus chapter 2, with a phileo love, a brotherly love, a friendship love in marriage. We're, we're commanded underneath the umbrella of the agape love we are to have for our Lord and Savior to phileo our husbands in Titus chapter 2 to honor them in Ephesians chapter 5 we're told to to be subject to our own husbands and the very last verse of that chapter to be sure that we reverence our earthly husbands Colossians chapter 3 tells us that we are to submit as it is fit in the Lord. Those are not hard words to understand. Be subject to, reverence, submit. And then we have the obey word, both in Titus chapter 2, that wives are to be obedient to their husbands in all things. And then 1 Peter chapter 3 tells us that 
Perhaps if our husbands are not Christians, they might be won by our meek and quiet spirit that we must obey them even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now there's a lot of different ideas that surface because our culture would reject these words. How many of these words are popular on, in, on television or in the media today? How many of these words are popular when we're thinking about a, a wife's relationship to her husband? Be subject to, submit to, obey, give reverence to, have a meek spirit toward. Whoa, those are so polar opposite to the way that the world thinks today. And so when we think about escaping by faith, by a sheer determination to do what God says, it takes a dogged determination to fix my mind with regard to my marriage in the way that scripture would have me to fix it. It's hard in our culture today to be proud of the fact that we're submissive to our husbands. And yet, it is just so very biblical. Now, it's true that under the umbrella of Christian marriage, God has decreed that a husband should love his wife enough to die for her, even as much, Ephesians 5, as Christ loved the church and gave his life. But 1 Peter 3 makes it very clear that the injunction to be meek and quiet and obey is even for those who find themselves in marriages to non-Christians, to heathen men. Now, let me just parenthetically say this. That's why it is so ultimately extremely important that we put it into the hearts of our girls that they are going to look for and be sure they find a man who can lead them to heaven, who's already on the path to heaven before they make those vows. It's, it's crucial. It's extremely important. You say, well, Cindy, why is 1 Peter 3 even there? Why is it even there if, you know, if, if we're supposed to marry people who are Christians, why is 1 Peter? Remember, 1 Peter 3 was written to a brand new church. And suppose the gospel was taken to a couple in the first century for the very first time. Let's say a Gentile couple. They didn't really know very much about God at all, but the church had just been established. Remember, Peter's still living when 1 Peter was written. It was written very early in the first days of the church. He remembers Acts 2 when the church began. So the gospel goes to a couple. The wife chooses to obey and the husband chooses to reject. Well, obviously, we need a passage for those women who are trying to serve God and trying to be submissive in homes that are supposed to be being led by men who have not accepted Christ. So that's why we have 1 Peter 3. It was written in a time when obviously there were going to be those circumstances. But I'm telling you what, we should do all that we can, everything within our power to avoid those circumstances today for a woman to put herself beneath the leadership of a man who has no respect for her God, how's that going to work? Well, it's not. It's going to be a very difficult path. And that's why uh, my husband will not perform a wedding ceremony for a woman who is committing to a man who has no respect for her God. That doesn't make sense. That makes a, uh, Matthew 6, 33 
just about meaningless in that relationship. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How can we seek first above all else on this planet the kingdom of God and his righteousness and yet willingly put ourselves in a relationship of submission to someone who has no respect for the kingdom of God? Well, that's my parenthesis there. Love, honor, obey. Those are the words that we say, should say, in our wedding ceremonies today. I was listening to a wedding ceremony the other day done, performed by a member of the church, and he left out the word obey. Love, honor, and respect, I believe he said. You know what? Obey is a very biblical concept, and I believe we as Christians make a statement when we leave that word out of our wedding ceremonies. I know that it's not a command for it to be in there, but it is a long-standing tradition, and when we as Christians look away from that tradition and decide to leave that word out purposefully, that says something about our respect for these passages, Ephesians 5, Colossians 3, Titus 2, 1 Peter 3. So, it's very difficult, but it becomes less tricky when we remember that our prior commitment, our first commitment, our first marriage, we have two husbands, and our first marriage is to Jesus Christ. And it's that relationship of honoring and obeying my Lord that commands all of my earthly relationships makes me understand the longevity of the relationship when I go into marriage I understand that it is for life how long is my commitment here on this earth to Jesus it's for life and I'm going to obey my husband even as the church is subject to Jesus Christ you've been good to listen I hope you have a great day I wanted to close with a poem that I wrote uh, about this subject a few years ago. If I submit when it's easy, when it makes sense to me, doing God's will when I think it best, then I'm not really obeying, not submitting at all when it's difficult. There lies the test. When the culture screams one thing, the word whispers another. When I can't understand that command, when I wriggle and rest, but I know his way is best. That's the time when I'm under his hand. Faith is not faith when you see why it works, when you know why each move you are making. The steps that will lead me to heaven with him are the ones I don't know why I'm taking. He saved all his best for his children of faith, but the best is not yet for beholding. When my eyes are too weak for the heaven I seek, I just trust in the hand that I'm holding. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.